I read somewhere that really, this is generally speaking, but the only two like people that you don't have a whole lot of choice about is your neighbors. So God puts you between people unless you buy a house, you know, and then you like surround yourself with people, you know, yeah, like a um, commune. Yes. Or something like that. So your neighbors and then your family, like your birth family, like who yeah. you're born into. And those are usually the most intentional people God's put in your life to love, mm. even though it's hard because you're not choosing them. They're chosen for you. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I am your host, Molly Stillman. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, community activist, business leader, author, speaker, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal with this show is to show you, the listener, that you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Stephanie Flies. She is a leader and visionary with a passion to inspire and connect women through the power of building local communities. In 2010, Stephanie launched Scottsdale Moms Blog with a friend, and little did she know that in a few short years, this single site would grow to nearly 80 sites around the country, allow over 100 women to own their own small businesses, represent thousands of voices of moms from around the country as contributors and writers, and come to be known as City Mom Collective. Collective. Through City Mom Collective, Steph has enabled moms throughout the U.S. to launch parenting sites in their own cities, giving a balance of motherhood and entrepreneurship to over 100 women. But not only that, each one of these site owners employs moms in their local communities through roles in their websites, such as editors, event teams, community liaisons, public relations, etc. These hyper-local sites create communities to connect uplift and support moms with a unique combination of events coupled with online content and social media. I first got connected with Stephanie actually through a previous guest, Michelle Fortin. And as soon as Stephanie and I got connected, I knew that I wanted to have her on the podcast. We had the best conversation talking all about community and what it looks like to really dig deep roots in our communities, what it looks like to practically love our neighbors. So if you're somebody who may, maybe you've been interested in getting to know the people you live next door to, this episode is for you. We talk all about what that looks like. Uh, and if, if you're into chili cook-offs, we, might or, we may or may not talk about that as well. You are going to love this conversation. But before I get to my conversation with Stephanie, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. You know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I love Mama Suds. They have been a partner of the show for years. I've had the head mama, Michelle Smith, on the show. And not only do I love supporting a small mom-owned business, but I also love the fact that her products are clean, non-toxic, safe, and they actually work. Everything from their stain stick, their laundry soap, their all-purpose household cleaner, their shower bombs, everything is absolutely incredible. It smells good and it really works. And let me tell you, when I have two young kids who are running around on the farm, that stain stick does the trick. Let me just... Oh, that rhymed and I didn't even plan that. So I want you to check it out at mamasuds.com. You can use the coupon code Molly for 15% off your order. That's mamasuds.com coupon code Molly for 15% off your order. Now on to my conversation with Stephanie Flies. Stephanie, welcome to the show. How are you, my new friend? 
I am so happy to be here. Happy to be chatting with you. Yes. So you, I got connected to you through uh, our now mutual friend, Michelle Fortin, who was on the show um, a couple of months ago, and we just had the best time and she spoke so highly of you. And so I knew immediately I was like, all right, we, we got to have Stephanie on the show. So let's do what all my guests do. And that's have you give us the Stephanie 101. So who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, uh, my name's Stephanie. As you said, I live in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, and I have three girls. Uh, they are, how old are they? This is like a motherhood um, <laughs> quiz at all times. Always. They are, <laughs> they are 13, 11, and nine now. And in seventh grade, fifth grade, and fourth grade, uh, I met my husband at Iowa State University, and we have been together since our freshman year and have been married now for 17 years. I have a passion for gathering people. I feel like when I think back on even the early years of my life, I was always finding creative ways to gather my peers uh, in various seasons, even as far back as middle school. And as a part of that desire to gather people, I started a business 12 years ago uh, when I was living in Scottsdale, uh, Scottsdale Moms Blog at the time. And that business grew locally, but what also grew were people's interest in starting a similar business in their own cities to connect moms and gather people together and build community. And so we launched a City Moms Blog Network uh, 11 years ago now, and it has morphed into this really beautiful network of hyperlocal resources in 75 communities across the U.S., and I get the pleasure of leading as founder and director of City Mom Collective now. That is so awesome. I love, um, especially when people like you kind of share what they do, but share the threads throughout your life that led you to where you are, and I love how you're like, even in middle school, I was like, oh, let's yeah. Let's all be together. And yes. you saw, you know, and especially, uh, you know, well, you said your oldest is 13, right? Yes. Yep. So she was one when you started this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember those early days of motherhood when you just have your, your newborn and you're navigating you know, being a new mom and those days can be really lonely and it can be mm -hmm. really difficult to try and again, kind of navigate community. And, and oftentimes, especially if maybe you have, you know, not that this is a bad thing, but it's just part of life. It's like when you have a friend that maybe isn't married and doesn't have kids mm -hmm. yet. And so you're, you just become a little bit like you're in, you're in different stages of life and that's not good yeah. or bad. It just is what it is. And yeah. trying to connect with people in your new stage of life and making friends as an adult is really hard. We could get into a whole conversation about that. I love that, you know, this is a passion that has carried you with you throughout your life. And, you know, in, in those early stages, you know, this was something that was kind of born, you know, out of a need for yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it is really incredible. And I, I feel so lucky that I am building a career that is truly like has always been a thread that God has built in me for years and years. And so the fact that I am doing work that I think is worthwhile work, well, I know it's worthwhile work, but it is something that has just always been a part of me and has transitioned and morphed as seasons have changed and grown. Uh, but, you know, the fact that I get to do my personal motherhood work alongside of all of these other entrepreneurs that are moms and have felt very similarly to me in their motherhood journeys is just 
a real gift to me. I, you know, I think I recently read that somewhere like 65% of people are unsatisfied with their job. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, that is a massive amount of people yeah. that are doing work that they don't like to do. And I'm just considered myself really lucky that I am doing work that I truly do love to do. Now, honestly, there are hard days. So yeah. it's not like it's just like roses over here all the time, but <laughs> I, I feel very fortunate. I am curious, what did those early days when you kind of, when this idea was born, mm -hmm. what did those early days look like? Where did you even start? I mean, I, so I started my blog back in 2007 before blogging really was this was so new and it was born originally out of my live journal which was started in like 2005 <laughs> and you know i had no resources i i didn't know what i was doing i didn't even mon start monetizing it till it till 2012 and so it's really interesting to me when i you know hear from people who again kind of started at the uh, what do you want to call it? Sort of the, the genesis of the the, the web blogs, <laughs> those web blogs. And uh, so often so many of us navigated it with, uh, you know, having no idea what we were doing. Was that your experience as well? What did it look like in those early days? Yeah, well, I think our stories are actually pretty similar. And I would consider us like the OG of yeah. the blogging, the OGs yes. of the blogging world. Yes, uh, There were certainly people that went before me, uh, but I remember very specifically, I had started a personal blog for our family to share pictures and stories and whatnot, recipes, you know, whatever I felt like doing. And I had told a friend, we were on vacation. I was like, hey, I'm starting this thing called a blog. And she was like, what is a blog? A blog. blog. Yes. <laughs> it was, that. It's so funny to think that something so simple or simple that is very natural vernacular of all of us now uh, was once not. And it was just a short bit ago that it was. And so uh, I started a personal blog like you. And then as I became a mom and to what you just said, like I found that motherhood was so lonely and I felt just, I mean, I felt hormonal, you know, mm -hmm. at the beginning and that was, that was something. Um, but yeah. I was desperate to create a new community for myself that um, understood the season of life that I was walking through. And so I took my very novice experience in blogging and joined, joined forces with, uh, uh, my original partner, who has uh, since uh, kind of gone our separate ways, but uh, she just was like, hey, I think I know some technology to be able to help with the blog <laughs> element. Uh, you seem to really like to build community. Let's see what we can do. Uh, and so, yeah, those first few years are really interesting because, and honestly, I'd say all of the years of building this business have been just routinely throwing stuff at the wall and being like crossing your fingers and toes and hoping that it sticks. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had no roadmap. Uh, certainly in the blogging world, we had some people that had gone before us and we could figure out uh, how to do some things just by Googling, you know, how to write HTML code, uh, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, but when it came to building a network of blogs and parenting resources, that was totally, I mean, I'm, most people still to this day are like, how do you make money? <laughs> <laughs> always. What is it? So I, I always equate it to um, that scene in Office Space, if you know what I'm talking about, where the yes. guy is sitting down with the bobs and they're like, what would you say you do here? And it's like, that <laughs> is, I feel like what most people ask me when, when they find out I work for myself and they're just yeah. like, so what? How? 
And I'm like, I know it's, yeah. I even think it's weird sometimes. Yeah. I'll just be like, spit it out. Like just ask the question because yeah. that's what everyone wants to ask. And I'd much rather, you know, what I do and in general, you know, have an idea of how this business is a legitimate business and is really doing great work. Yeah. Okay. So you had these, these early days, but let's, let's really talk about the heart behind this and your passion for connecting people and building, building community. And because that is something again, that, um, I feel like has been a common thread in some of the conversations I've even had on this show this year Mm -hmm. uh, of just how much people, and I think a lot of it is born out of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. people being isolated and especially some people living in, you know, certain cities that might've had, you know, more strict lockdown Mm -hmm. rules Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And people are at a time where they're just, they're desperate for community. And like we alluded to earlier, making friends as an adult is hard. And so I want to really dig into this part of this conversation because this is so much the heart behind what you do is Mm -hmm. building community. And so I'd love for you to kind of, again, share a little bit, let's, you know, peel back the layers of the onion Mm -hmm. and talk about what is it first. I'm going to say my first question, we'll get to the rest. But my first question is really like, when you peel back the layers of the onion, what have you seen the impact of community in your own life, um, maybe in the lives of somebody, you know, that you care about, um, just why it's so important to you? Hmm. Well, you know, what comes to my mind first is actually a story of, uh, you know, I'd say it was a couple of years ago and I was just feeling really down. You know, I, I think if I'd gone to a doctor, they probably would have diagnosed me with depression uh, and was just feeling just not myself. Uh, and when I go through seasons like that, as I do, uh, I have to ask myself, like, what am I not doing that maybe I've done in the past that has been life-giving to me? And oftentimes what it comes down to is I'm not gathering people. I'm, I'm not seeing my close circle of friends often, uh, and I'm not serving people. I'm just like in my own bubble and world. And I will tell you that the amount of times that I have taken the reins and said, okay, that's enough. Like I'm going to have people around my dinner table, uh, my community. I am going to do something for my neighbors, even if it seems simple to bring zucchini bread or whatever to my neighbor, my widow neighbor, like that crazy enough. It is a crazy thing about how service of community really does while we're serving other people, it refills us back and really is one of the best medicines. I would say non-traditional medicines for me to feel like myself. And so, um, you know, I, build community in a lot of different ways in a lot of different seasons. But I just know that, and honestly, I would call myself a social introvert. So that's an interesting part about somebody that loves to gather people is that it's not like I like have to do that all of the time to get my fill. Uh, It is really necessary for me to feel like myself and to feel joyful and satisfied. Um, But I think that's important because some people listening may be introverts and you hear some of these suggestions that, you know, of things that I've done and you're going to be like, oh, that's not for me. Well, everyone needs community to some mm-hmm. extent, even if you get energy by being by yourself in the end, which is my kind of definition of introvertism. But yeah, I mean, that has just, it just is a part of my life and my blood. It just <laughs> runs through me at all times is like, how can I 
add value to my life while also bringing people in. There's really just incredible things when you do that. Yes, 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 yes. I am also an introvert, which people never believe when I tell them. And I just go, just because somebody has a big personality, just because somebody can talk to people does not mean that they are extroverted. There really is. um, And I don't even fully identify as the term uh, extroverted introvert, which some people maybe try to label me as. Um, But I'm like, look, I am an introvert. I, I am very happy eating at a restaurant alone. I am very happy going to a movie by myself. I'm very Mm -hmm. happy taking a bath and reading a book and speaking to no one after 9 p.m. Um, You know what I mean? Like I am very much a a homebody. I really love Mm -hmm. to stay home, but I also really love my friends and I really Mm -hmm. love community and and crave it and need it and thrive Mm -hmm. on it. Um, I love to host people Mm -hmm. in my home, but I, by the end of the night, I'm exhausted and I'm ready to speak to no one. And so, and it's not, and, and sometimes, especially people who aren't introverts sometimes think like, well, well, then why do you do it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, well, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, so, um, yes, 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 yes. It's, it's as human beings, we were not created (laughs) to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of like equate it to there's a reason Ikea directions always say you should do this with a friend. Uh, <laughs> so, you, know, you, know, it's like, you should not put this together alone. And I'm like, see, God knew that one day yeah. Ikea would exist and that yeah. we would have yeah. to put together Ikea furniture and that yeah. we not, we couldn't be alone to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, I, I actually heard a really interesting kind of thought about introverts versus extroverts that I find to be so true for myself. So uh, they had said, and I don't even know where they read this. I'm sure, I'm sure it's somebody's really smart that everyone has like five tokens of like relational energy to give each day. Hmm. The extrovert starts with zero and every interaction like gets added to. So one, two, three. And then at the end of the day, they're full with five tokens and they are just living high. The introvert starts with the five and every interaction, it just takes it down. So four, three, two, one. And then at nine o'clock, I am like a pumpkin. I am like, that was real fun. I gave away all my tokens. I'm done. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. That's exactly it. Like I was thinking back to a couple of weeks ago, we had just a string of birthdays. So my daughter's birthday is five days before mine. And it was like, my daughter had one birthday party that was hers on a Thursday during the day. She had some friends over for lunch and a play date. Then Friday night, she had a sleepover. Then we had another kid's birthday party the following day. Then it, we had another kid's birthday party the following day. Then it was my birthday. And I was like, I'm, I am no more birthdays. Yeah. I am done with the birthdays. I'm done with the birthday parties. I'm done with the decorating. I'm done with the, I'm done, done with it all. I've yeah. spent my tokens. You have and spent it, your tokens. <laughs> spent my tokens. And I loved it. I loved it. I love yeah. my people. I love celebrating. Um, but I am now done and I don't need <laughs> no more. I love that. I relate to that big time. Yes. Yeah. I just oftentimes like you find myself hosting people for dinner, um, you know, book club or something. And I love every minute that they're in my home, but the minute that they leave, I literally fall asleep in five minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I am totally done. Where some people, some of my friends are like, I am wired now. Yes. Like, that really energized me. And I'm like, energize me really great. Totally done. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Yes. I'm exactly the same way. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad to know that I'm not alone because so yeah. often people will try to argue with me because again, I have a big personality. I am aware of that. I can speak yeah. to people. So I can speak to strangers. I am aware of that. I yeah. I know this about myself. Doesn't make me an extrovert. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, kindred spirits. <laughs> I know, exactly. One of one of the things I kind of alluded to um, when we were setting this all up was how, again, the last few years, we've really seen people isolate themselves. Um, mm. And I, I'm curious in your work, like when, when mm. this is, you know, well, one, actually just pure curiosity, what did work look like for you when all of a sudden nobody's gathering? And that's like yeah. the whole heart behind what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I would say as most business owners would say in 2020 was just a massive pivot to try to make it work to withstand this pandemic that we thought was going to be over in much more less time than it really was. Uh, but, you know, our business model is really interesting in that our heart is community and our heart is connecting moms to one another in our communities. But the basis of which we do that starts online. So we have our blog components, we have our social media, we have some private kind of community groups on Facebook that uh, intentionally connect people on an online basis. Now, we know that that is not the only way that humans should connect, like we need face-to-face -face interaction, uh, but that has always been the basis of our business. And so to our, like, that was an advantage to, for our businesses is that that wasn't changing. Like the way that we were able to connect people online did need to change in terms of strategy because the heartfelt needs were so different, mm -hmm. uh, but that didn't change. So that maintained throughout the past couple of years um, and got creative in a lot of ways. Now, uh, the in-person is what changed. Uh, so many of our sister, we call our hyper-local parenting website sister sites. We're like a family. Uh, and they all were planning events for moms where they were connecting people in person uh, prior to 2020. And so uh, that had to change. Uh, and it looked different because we have sister sites across the entire country, some areas more open earlier than others, uh, we really had to lean into like, you, you have to know your market and your community, like what are your local recommendations and requirements for gathering. And so the localized event components of our business changed a lot. Uh, and many of our site owners who are entrepreneurs uh, have continued to have to identify like how, what does this look like now for us? Uh, because there still is a continual felt need for people to be seen actually in person. Uh, but, you know, the online component, thankfully, is something that was always in place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and did you, did you do like Zoom events? I'm we did. You know, so we did have to, that was part of the pivot is that, you know, many of our sites, we were actually in the middle of, I think 50 or so of our sites planning new and expecting mom events in April of 2020. Uh, and obviously like that was just not going to happen, especially with that type of demographic with yeah. new and expecting moms. Uh, so many of our sites did pivot to a virtual event where they would either do a Zoom type event or they would figure out how to stream the event into a private group. We definitely want went more virtual events in 2020 and early 2021. Uh, we've drifted away from that in some regard. And that really, again, our heart is, and I think it's necessary for communities to have these opportunities for moms to connect in person. Uh, but oh yes, the also as an aside, 
Zoom is, has been like a part of my life for eight years. Yeah. And so <laughs> because I lead a national team that lives across the country, like thankfully that hurdle to get over in terms of how do you do virtual work uh, was, you know, quote, easy, unquote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never easy, so, but easier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Easier is right. Okay. So I, this is something that I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of people um, here, even on the show, um, but it's, I feel like it's so relevant in even a different way um, mm -hmm. to the work that you do. And uh, for listeners that listened to my interview with my friend, Daniel Grothy last year, you'll know um, a little bit of what I'm talking about. But he had written this book called The Power of Place, and it says choosing stability in a rootless age. And it's this he looks at all of these different um, components to the importance of staying, whether it's mm. in your community, in your church, in, uh, you know, relationships, mm. just how we live in a wanderlust culture. You know, when the marriage gets hard, we peace out. When the relationship or the friendship gets hard, we peace out. When the church, you know, worship music or the preaching isn't what we want anymore, we peace out. If, you mm -hmm. know, uh, we don't like where we live anymore, we peace out. And he was looking at um, just the, you know, a lot of the spiritual uh, nature of this, but also, you know, even looked at some of the the scientific nature of this. And one of the conversations we had was this idea of, um, not this idea, but these um, blue zones. And I don't know if you know what these blue zones are, but these mm -hmm. blue zones are these areas around the world where there is a very high percentage of centenarians. So people who are over 100 years old. And there's these different blue zones around the world. There's like ones is I think Osaka, Japan. There's another one somewhere in Italy. There's one in Greece. There's one in um, some community in California. I want to say it's like seven or eight. It's these pockets where these there's just a very high percentage of uh, centenarians. So these people that are living to be 105, 107, 110, you know, 111. Um, I think there's even one community in India where the where the oldest woman in the world that they know of is living, and she's like 117 or something like that. And so these scientists were looking at what is it about these communities? Like why are these people living so long? And uh, and there was a couple of common threads among each and every single one of these communities. The first was that uh, they worship together, whether it is, you know, in a, you know, a church or just whatever their religion is, like they worship together in community. The second was, yes, there was some diet related stuff, like especially in Japan, like they eat a lot of fish and fresh vegetables and rice and things like that. But just um, so there was a component there. But other than that, it was like their families, like their families all raised kids together. And then, and but one of the biggest common threads among all of them was that they'd all lived there forever. Like, like these were people that were basically like, they either moved there when they were pretty young and stayed, or they were born there, or they were raised there. Like in particular, the community in Japan, there was this group of women who are all in their early hundreds. They're all like, you know, 105, 106, 107. And they've been friends for almost a hundred years. Like they became friends when they were kids and oh. every day they, they like get together and they have their tea and sake and they, they like go walk to town. They walk to the market and they, that was the other thing. They walk a lot. They exercise a lot. It was really fascinating to see how these communities were people who had just stuck together. They, and, mm. and I, and so Daniel and I were talking about how fascinating this is to think about Think about the conversations that those women who've been friends mm. for nearly a hundred years have mm. had. Think about yeah. the stuff that they've seen together, the laughs that they've shared, the tears that they've cried, the relationships that they've built. And so it's this idea of 
man, what it, what do we do to really dig into mm. our communities and how mm-hmm. maybe that's something that's not only just good for our mental health and all that kind of stuff and good for our, you know, like we said, it's just good to get together, but also what if it's something that actually extends our lifespan? <laughs> it's something mm-hmm. that, that causes us to, to thrive. Isn't that mm. fascinating? Oh, it's so fascinating. Yeah. And I love that idea of we have a rootless, what you said, like our, our roots are just not deep anymore. Yeah. Uh, and we are so, I don't, it has, there has to be a level of social media and the web, like creating this constant desire for change and new and better. Uh, that is not helping our society because people are more apt to, Oh, I want to move there. That looks like my life's going to be happier there. Right. Uh, or maybe if I get this, like that will be happy, but really then we just create these shallow roots mm-hmm. that like in times of storm, we don't have those deep roots to really ground us. Like I have to imagine all of those centurions have, yeah. which is amazing. It's amazing. And even further to your point is one of the things that we'd also talked about, but also I kind of did a little bit more digging into this later was, um, you know, just how, how, like to your point, what social media has done to fuel that wanderlust and how, Mm. you know, think about and this is something I want to I want to dig into because I know it's it's something that you you really want to teach on is how when we were growing up, um, I don't Mm. know exactly how old you are. I think you and I are pretty close in age. Um, Yeah. Late 30, late 30s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So we're in there. So, you know, growing up in the late eighties and nineties, you know, this was certainly more common than it, than it was um, now. And then even, you know, back further generations, you think about like our parents every single day, they walk to the end of the driveway and they grab their newspaper and they're reading their newspaper and they're watching their local news channel for what's going on. And that's where they're getting their information. And so, you know, they're standing at the end of the driveway and they're talking with my neighbor, by the way, growing up was literally named Teddy bear. And I wasn't till I was like in my early thirties because he was always Teddy. Yeah. I knew his last name and you hadn't put them together. (laughs) It was like 31 when I went, dad, his name was Teddy bear. And he goes, yeah, yeah. You just, you just, and I was like, well, I mean, I always grown up. It was Teddy and Judy. Like that's, they were my yeah. neighbors my entire life. Yeah. And they were Teddy and Judy Bear, but I never <laughs> thought that my neighbor's name, I never realized my neighbor's name was Teddy Bear. Theodore Bear, that was his name, actual name. Anyway, so, you know, my dad would stand at the end of the driveway talking to Teddy Bear yeah. and they would talk about what they were reading in the newspaper. And that's yeah. where they're getting their information. That's where mm-hmm. they're, they're connecting in community was the people, sure. you know, across, we had Horace across the street. We had, you know, the, the, the twins down the road and just, those were the people we interacted with. Whereas think about where we're getting our news from now. Mm-hmm. We're getting it from social media and we're curating our feeds mm-hmm. to be with people that we agree with. And maybe those mm-hmm. people don't live across the street from us. And so mm-hmm. sa- suddenly it's created this divide among people that are literally right next door. Mm-hmm. And But our quote unquote, our people are now mm-hmm. in California or New York or Minnesota or you know Florida mm-hmm. or Portugal or wherever they are. They're not right next door. And so it, it, again, it fuels that, well, pff, I'm going to move there because that's where the people that I agree with live. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. And I, I should say that I have built a business that uses social media largely for Same. good. And Same. so I do very much feel like there are some really wonderful things about Same. the online space uh, that 
you know, but it does come with its negativities yeah. as well. Uh, and I would say, yeah, lessening kind of the interest that people have in reaching out to their neighbor is definitely one of those because they have a false, we all have a, I shouldn't say they, we all, all of yeah. us have a false sense of, oh, I have friends. Like you're just scrolling mm -hmm. through your friends. I've got plenty of friends. Uh, yeah. But like, does your neighbor know your name? Mm. You know, like, do you know the new people that just moved in? Like, are you creating space in your life to be able to build that community where God has put you? I read somewhere that really, this is generally speaking, but the only two like people that you don't have a whole lot of choice about is your neighbors. So God puts you between people, unless you buy a house, you know, and then you like surround yourself with people, you know, yeah, like a um, commune. Yes. Or something like that. So your neighbors and then your family, like your birth family, like who yeah. you're born into. And those are usually the most intentional people God's put in your life to love, mm. even though it's hard because you're not choosing them. They're chosen for you. Oh, so. that's a really great point. I've never thought about that before. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I have also built an entire business that has been fueled by the internets and by, by social media. And yeah. I just, my, my thing is always about using it mindfully, being thoughtful, mm. being purposeful in your use of social media and realizing that you use social media, social media doesn't use you and having mm. a very um, intentional purpose for everything that you do online because if you if you allow yourself to get sucked into the recesses of the, the internet the recesses of the dark web it can just it, it forms you and it, it, mm. it changes who you are and then you interact with your family and your mm. neighbors differently <laughs> and, yeah yeah um that's a whole message up in there okay yeah so if somebody's listening and they're like i don't know my neighbors yeah. <laughs> or um, I don't know how to love my neighbors, or I don't know how to introduce my neighbors because that's really intimidating, or I'm not just going to go knock on a random person's door, even though I live next door. What do you do? Where do you start with this? Because that for some people, especially introverts, that mm. can be really intimidating. Yeah, well, it is intimidating. Uh Oftentimes it's just you taking the first step uh, and putting yourself out there. Uh, and you, I think you, most people will be shocked with how embraced people that they will feel so loved. Like if you just take that one step and I I'll get, share a story. Uh, we moved to the Minneapolis area seven years ago and it was in the summer and fall was coming around. And I had this idea. I was like, you know, what if I host a fall festival? Like just in my garage, I will have people bring chili. We'll do a little chili cook-off and it'll be pretty simple. Like my garage isn't fancy at all. I did like sweep it. So it wasn't terrible and put some tables up. Uh, I learned that I should have done an evite. So I at least knew how many people were coming. Uh, but we were the newest people in our neighborhood. We literally did not know anybody. Uh, and I shared it um, through, we have an email that goes out and I was like, we'd love to see you. I kid you not. 80 people showed up, 80 wow. people showed up to this fall festival and multiple people had said, I cannot believe you did this. Like you are brand new to this neighborhood. And I was like, well, I just knew that meeting my neighbors was a really important part of us feeling a part of this neighborhood. And so this felt like a pretty natural thing to do. Now, I don't think hosting a fall festival is for everyone. So don't ever hear like a story that I'm going to share and you be, and you all of a sudden be like, she was talking about taking a first step, but that is definitely not the first step that I want to take. 
Um, but I think finding what like energizes you and is easy to you is really important in identifying how best to serve and connect with your neighbors. For me, I do get a lot of energy on planning these types of events and gathering them. For me, what also has worked is hosting kind of annual events that I just verbally say, we're going to do this every year. And then I feel like I kind of just get myself attached to, oh, every year I'm going to do a fall festival for our neighborhood. I will host a Boohoo and Yahoo brunch for the moms on the first day of school. And uh, I'm trying to think of some other things that we do that are traditional, our ice cream and our cul-de-sac on the last day of school. Uh, and here is here's the secret to a lot of this stuff. For the chili cook-off and for the fall festival, I legitimately do not make anything, none of it. Everybody brings everything. I'm just the one that sets up the tables. Uh, and for the ice cream thing, I don't make it. I don't bring any of that. I don't buy a lick of ice cream or popsicles. I just set up the tables and send the invitation and people come because people are so desperate for community and connecting with one another. And so I could do both of those things, but it just adds more complexity and stress. So I just have decided, you know what? It seems to work without me having to do all of these extra things. Okay. Well, I really love that encouragement of just maybe you are somebody who has the space to host something like that, but you're mm -hmm. like, I don't want to make anything. All right. I love it. Create a sign up genius. Have people sign up to bring food. I mean, just, yeah, yeah you're so right. So many times it's just people want to be invited. They want to be included. And, um, you know, you taking that first step to just open the door to just say, yeah. come on in. We're going to do this. Yeah. I love it. And, and hey, it's this scary. is airing at the end of September. And so we're heading into October. So yeah. maybe this is, maybe there's somebody who's listening. Who's mm. like, I've always wanted to host a full fist. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we'll have, it. Yeah. Have everybody sign up for the chili. See if somebody has a random dusty trophy lying around that they want to give away. Uh, we we have a wandering trophy for the chili cook-off. Uh, and I really it hope is... it's like a cheerleader. <laughs> like I just just <laughs> a random, like or some random like volleyball. Like just a oh, random yeah. sport. <laughs> I mean, this doesn't have to be fancy, folks. There's nothing fancy about it, but I will tell you, we have over a hundred people come every year now, and it is really a highlight of our fall and so many neighbors will say the same thing, uh, especially, you know, as we live in Minnesota. So we're going into like the dark season where we're not going to see our neighbors. So we just have to fill our tanks with people and neighbors before like all of a sudden it's <laughs> frigid. And we're like, you know, we're sending peace signs to the neighbors when we go to the mailbox and run. I love it. Okay. I have some, okay. The other thing is I really want it to be a volleyball trophy or, and then I want just <laughs> on the, the nameplate, I just want it to be um, duct tape every year and just like- <laughs> That's pretty tape. much what it is. Yes, okay. <laughs> Logistical question um, that is, I'm selfishly asking, cause now I'm like, all right, how do I host a chili kickoff? Yeah. How do you do the voting? Do you just have like, everybody can taste the chilies and then there's like sheets below it and you like tally yeah. marks? How does it work? Yep, so as they bring their chilies in their crock pots, cause they have to bring it in a crock pot cause we need to plug it in. Um, I just have like little paper numbers next to them. One, two, three, four. And then I've got a basket with like little numbers and you just vote for your favorite. You put the number in. It's very easy. It's not Love complicated. It. Big, big fan of this. Okay, all right. <laughs> 
and maybe I think I'm, I think I'm doing a chili cook off. You've well, you really, can do it. Steph, you can do you it. Really inspired me. You oh, okay. inspired me. Well, um, I'm happy to. I again, I live on a farm, and so I've got the space for it. I can just I'm like picturing it right now, right out my window, right where I'm recording this. I'm just gonna have some tables. We're gonna have to figure out a power situation for all the crock pots, but I'll these are logistics I will figure out. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if somebody listening um, is really interested in connecting with a local city mom collective sister site, or maybe there isn't one currently in their yeah. city and they want to start one, how do they go about doing that? That's an awesome transition from neighborhood chili cook-off to city yeah. mom collective hey. sister sites. But um, we, as I mentioned, we have 75 uh, communities in our network. So if you have a sister site in your community and you can find that on our website, momcollective.com, we have a sister site map uh, that will direct you to the communities that we are in. Uh, we would love for you to connect with uh, that local sister site, either by uh, signing up for their e-newsletter, following them on social media, just getting involved, attending one of their events. That's definitely a wonderful way to create a local community for yourself. Uh, however, you're going to find on our map that 75 sounds like a lot, but there are a lot of cities that do not have a current yeah. City Mom Collective sister site. And so we are always looking for entrepreneurial minded women who are passionate about their communities, but they want to build a business from home that is a flexible career around their family schedules. And so I definitely encourage you to go to join.momcollective.com for more information about joining our network and and the first person that would get your application is me. And I'd love to talk to you about what we're doing uh, in our various cities. Awesome. 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 Man, we went from chili cook-offs to <laughs> deep talks about community to also how to start your own business if you really want to. Um, yeah. Stephanie, you are so much fun. Uh, before we transition to the get to know you round, um, I'm obviously going to have to have you back at some point because we just, we have so many more things I want to talk about. Um, yeah. What is on the horizon for you? What projects are you working on? What is new? What's exciting? Like what, what tell us, give us the, the deets. Yeah, well, uh, as I just alluded to, we are always looking to grow our network. And in full tra transparency, the past two years have been a little tricky because not there's not a lot of people out there that are like, I'm going to start a business in a pandemic. That sounds yeah. like a really great idea. Yep. So we are focusing a lot of our effort on building up our network of entrepreneurial-minded moms and sister sites. And so that is definitely something that we are focused a lot of our energy on. Uh, one thing that we didn't talk much about is that we are working with some really incredible brands uh, that are strategic partners of ours. And we've got some really, really amazing stuff. Many of our sister sites are working with a nonprofit called Future for Football that talks all about the benefits of football in our families and in our lives. So that's on the horizon. And uh, we are Go, going into a five-year business planning meeting here next month. And I just am so looking forward to looking ahead and saying like, okay, we've done some pretty incredible stuff, but what is missing? What can we do that is going to better serve our community as moms needs have changed over the years? And I'm looking forward to that too. Mm, so good. And he, this is me selfishly. Uh, there's no city mom blog in North Carolina. Yeah, there so, isn't. Um, <laughs> 
let's be honest, I am not at a point in my life where that is something I can take on. So if any of my friends, neighbors want to take one, start one in the Durham Hillsboro area, not Raleigh, because everything's in Raleigh. (laughs) And I need some stuff to be in Durham and Hillsboro. And so if, if somebody wants to take that on, I would just love it. And it would just bring me great joy for somebody else to do the work and I can be, reap the benefits. So, <laughs> well, we, we would love that area. They call it the triangle area, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, but everything yeah. is always in Raleigh and yeah. Raleigh is fine. Okay. But the real cool stuff is happening in like Durham and Hillsboro. And I just wow. need more people to do stuff here. Um, because Raleigh feels it's not far, but it yeah. feels far. And oh, it's, every, I get it. every time I'm like, another event in Raleigh. Why? Why is it all in Raleigh? So when I I get really excited when stuff is in Durham, I'm like, yes. Yes. Um, Anyway, so I would welcome a conversation with anyone in that area uh, because that has definitely been a target area for us for a while. Yes. Love it. Love it. Okay. Now is the get to know you round. Steph, are you excited? Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Question number one, what is something that has happened in the past year that has either been really memorable or had an, a big impact on you? Hmm. So the first thing that comes to mind is that my daughter turned 13 this Mm. summer and we have instituted a 13th birthday trip that my husband and I will take each of the girls on when they turn 13. And the fun part about our 13th birthday trips are that I, they have terms in a Google doc. So I email them. Like my daughter was like, what's a Google doc. I don't even know how to open this. So she opens it and she's like, Oh, I have a bulleted term list. Like these are the terms of your trip. And she planned it. So she had to look for flights. She had to look for hotel, the cost of the tickets to go where we were going. Uh, We had one day of educational experience, one day that's more fun. Well, educational can be fun too. They were. Um, But we took that trip. She picked Orlando for her destination. She just finished all the Harry Potter books. So she wanted to go to Universal Studios. And then we went to um, Kennedy Space Center. And that was an amazing trip. I just feel like we got so much quality time with her. And I will say that I definitely have, and we, my husband and I have intentions and we did with Nora to talk about some really serious topics during the trip too. Um, but she just, I, we just, I felt like I saw her bloom into a teenager before my eye on this trip and it was really beautiful. So I would say that was a highlight. That's so special. That's so, so, so special. Um, I, that's something that my husband and I, I mean, we're a few years away from that, but I mean, it'll be here before we know, but we've talked about doing something like that. Yeah. So I, I, it's the further encouragement that I needed. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is something that I would never guess about you? Oh, that you would never guess about me. That is a very hard question. We already talked about it. Most people like you in your case, think that I'm an extrovert because yeah. I lead a massive company of tons of people and I <laughs> love to have people in my home. And so even though we've already talked about it, that definitely always comes as a shock to people <laughs> that I like really do get my energy from being by myself. And the people that know me the most know this about me, but I legitimately, I have no FOMO after nine o'clock at night. None. Like I literally am like, I don't care if it's the best party happening at nine o'clock. I am going to be in my bed. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Big fan of that. Big fan of that. What was your favorite TV show to watch when you were growing up? Oh, growing up, probably um, Saved by the Bell. 
Yes. Love it. Yes. Yeah. There's this Friday night, Saturday morning TV, like say with the bell, step-by-step sister, sister. I'm just oh, saying. Yes. The- so good. So good. Have they brought all of those back? I'm just thinking about it. I feel like <sighs> movie and TV has, have There's gotten so re- smart and they remake stuff now that we're yeah. all like, you know, raising kids like, in the age of when we were <laughs> yeah. just like, not as good sometimes you're just like, but yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. What is a dream that you have yet to achieve? Ooh, a dream. You know, this is a bucket list item for me, but we want to take our whole family to Paris and mm. we have yet to achieve that, but I'm hopeful that it is in the near future for us, but I'd say that's a personal dream. I love that. Yeah. Hey, that's perfect. All right. And then my last question is the question I ask all my guests and that is Stephanie, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? It is everything to me. I I've already shared this, but the fact that I get to do work that is intentional and purposeful and meaningful to millions of people that go to our websites every month uh, is just such a gift. I am so thankful that I had this nudge in my spirit early on in motherhood to start to build a business around my passions and around my God-given purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that I took the chance and you know what business ownership comes with a lot of failures and picking yourself up off the ground. But I am really proud that I pick myself up and we continue to run the race because it is so important. Mm, So good. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the work that you are putting out in the world. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are new here, welcome, 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 welcome. Having you listen to this show is such a gift and I am so grateful to you. If you're one of my regular listeners of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to whatever podcast app you're listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Overcast, you know, there's a million of them. Would you click that subscribe or follow buttons to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the show? And would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media, and I'm so grateful for them. Now for you, be sure to go do something good with purpose on purpose.